Do you feel stuck in your life, career, or business? And are you ready to take things to the next level? If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is David Trotter, and I'm a transformation coach passionate about helping people just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals. My superpower is helping people experience tremendous breakthroughs in a short period of time. If you give me 12 weeks, I'll help you launch that new project, go after that better job, or overcome that challenge in your business. To find out how I can help you, head on over to insporising.com slash coach. That's insporising.com slash coach. People buy houses as a liability, right? So they're stretching their budget. So we really encourage people to not max out their budget. And when we say we can make your first home an an asset instead of a liability, most of our buyers are, they're creating income through their first home. Welcome to Inspiration Rising. My name is David Trotter and I'm a business growth consultant. I'm passionate about helping business owners just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals, all without the paralyzing overwhelm, feeling all alone, or wondering what the heck to do next. I'm a former pastor and a serial entrepreneur who's passionate about personal growth because that's what's helped me cultivate peace in my life and empowered me to love my amazing wife, Laura, of 26 years and our two almost grown kids. So if you're all about business, personal growth, and peace in your life, you're in the right place. I'm super glad that you're here. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Inspiration Rising. It is so great to have you with me. I don't know about you, but real estate is really overwhelming to me. I actually think they should call it really overwhelming estate. Yeah, come on now. That's pretty good. I think that might catch on. Now, my wife and I have purchased two homes over the years, and of course, we've been through the entire process of looking and buying and the paperwork and realtors and all that stuff. But it can still feel overwhelming, even when I think about it now. Now, I will say that I do feel a bit more confident about the idea of investing in real estate after chatting it up with Steph and Christina, the founders of Open House Austin, a real estate education company and realtor team working on expanding the possibilities of home ownership throughout the country. They actually saw how scary it was to not know what you were getting into when you were first trying to buy a home. And they also saw that it was overwhelming and felt unattainable to get real estate investing advice from those self-proclaimed real estate gurus, people who only talk about buying million-dollar properties in bulk, like most of us could even do that, right? So if you're looking to purchase your first home, you will love this conversation. But if you already own a home, we also talk about real estate investing in a way that I think will be super helpful for you and may even open your eyes to a new opportunity. All right, let's jump into my conversation with Steph and Christina of Open House Austin. Well, Steph and Christina, thank you so much for taking some time to hang with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're super excited. Yeah, it's good to have you guys. Um, let's talk about Open House Austin. Why did you start this business and what is it all about? So we just realized that, um, I mean, when both of us tried to buy our first house, there was no first-time buyer education out there at the time. Like there was so much information, but none of it was for 
um, first time home buyers. And so it was super overwhelming. And I know at least like when I tried to buy a house, I, you know, was naive and like just went for it. And then just was super disappointed because I couldn't, I, I found out later I couldn't buy and like no one was really guiding me. So that really kind of struck a chord and, um, yeah, yeah. No, we, we had struggled. We both of us struggled buying our first house and there isn't really, there's a lot of, a lot of realtors overlook the demographic of first time buyers because mm-hmm. it's not, you know, you kind of have to do a little bit more handholding, which is normal because you, the, the buyer hasn't done it before. So yeah. we, we had a bad experience. And so we kind of set out to fix that. And so we catered to the first time home buyer and we joined forces. We kind of had similar values, yes. similar, um, a clientele almost. And so we started working together as realtors. And then we were like, this is important. And people, it really was resonating with people saying like, I feel seen. I feel like I have now, the the tools that I need to successfully buy my first home. And so we kind of, we wanted to take it national. Yes. And what, what is very different that we are providing also is like letting first time buyers know that they can be investors with their first home. So that is what Steph and I really feel strongly about. And that's what we teach. So um, that's how we got started. Yeah. (laughs) And as investors ourselves, we like, we practice what we preach as well. And so we, we feel really strongly about learning from people who have the experience and who have, who are really doing what you want to do. And so we bought our first homes with an investor mindset and we continue to buy. And so we help people who just want to buy their first home, but also people who want to jump into being real estate investors. So when you say the, their first home can be an investment, how is that different from like, what's the other option? A, a loss? <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, we see it often is that people buy houses as an, a liability, right? So they're stretching their budget, they're house poor, you know, you've heard that term. Oh, yeah. And so we, we really encourage people to not max out their budget. Mm-hmm. And when we say um, we can make your first home an, an asset instead of a liability, your most of our buyers are their creating income through their first home. So yeah. they're, they have a roommate, they are using Airbnb to, to create income. They're yes. adding a back house to rent it out. And so we've, we've made it so that we have lowered or completely canceled our mortgages through, we call it house hacking. Yeah. We did not coin that term, but <laughs> we are very passionate about, house about hacking. house hacking yes. and making it, uh, making your first home a, an asset, a true asset. And I think also just showing people like showing people how they can be creative with real estate, because I think um, a lot of people walk into a home and they're like, oh, the natural light or the layout. And then we kind of show them even a lot like a lot of our clients never considered buying a fixer upper home until working with us because we show them that, it you know, what to look out for, what is actually scary, what, you know, is not a big deal, how much things cost. So that's what we just show them a different um, perspective. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the biggest misconceptions that Mm. people have, especially first time, you know, home buyers are going into it going, Oh, I'm so worried about X. Like what is that thing that they're worried about? That's actually a misconception. Yes. We've been talking a lot of about that recently um, because we hear them a lot. And one of 
the most common ones we hear is I don't want to be tied down. Like, especially because a lot of what we teach um, really can stick out to someone who's in their twenties with, with house hacking, like a certain way of house hacking. So people are like, well, I don't want to be tied down. I don't want to live in this house for 20 years. You know, like that's what their parents did. And um, I mean, we show them that actually, if you buy a house, you can have more freedom and flexibility for your life. Like we had a client um, a couple years ago who wanted to buy a house and she had a corporate job and she really wanted to quit her job and travel the world. And so we helped her buy a fixer up her home where was she, where she bought a house with like a lot of land and she was actually able to buy a fixer up her home um, rent out one room in her house and kept a room for herself. And then she also rented out part of her land, like, and to a, a someone with an Airstream. And then she just left and <laughs> she quit her job and she traveled the world and she actually met her now husband, like yes. while traveling. Um, so we love showing people that they don't have to be tied down when they buy That's real estate. Such a wow. good, yeah. And, and having, having all of her expenses covered while she was gone and she had a place to come back to. Yes. It's like, like it's stability, but also freedom. And you don't have to just like be stuck in a house for 30 years. Yeah. So I don't want to be tied down. That's one misconception. Give me, give me a couple more. Yeah. Then the main one that is like the, the tale as old as time is you have to put 20% down. Yeah. And we are all about being creative, obviously, with your with your real estate investment. And you do not have to put 20% down when you're being creative and you're being smart and buying an asset. So in, in all states, the minimum down payment is 3%. And there's any for a first-time first buyer. buyer. So so you can put anywhere from 3% to obviously 20% or more. Yeah. Um, but in, in this day and age, it is really hard to save up 60, $80,000 and that stops a lot of people. So they're like, I have to save 20%. That's unrealistic for me. So I'm just, I'm a forever renter. We've heard people say I'm a forever renter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a misconception because you can, I mean, we've had clients get into houses for under $15,000 when all said and done. Yeah. Um, and then they have this amazing equity building um, asset where they're growing their income, their savings rate is skyrocketing because their, their housing costs are lower. So we're, we're obviously very, very fired up about this. That's that's a big one, 20%. And, and that kind of leads into the other misconception, which is I can't buy my dream home yet. So I'm just going to wait. But then if you keep waiting, (laughs) when are you going to be able to buy your dream house? Like how much money do you have to have saved? And we think like, you know, if you buy sooner than later, then you can use that first house as leverage to get you into your dream house sooner. Mm-hmm. So those are like very common misconceptions we hear. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that one is my favorite. And it's, I was actually thinking about this because I have bought every two years and I've just yeah. rolled my, my homes into rental properties. So I buy a house, live in it for two years, make that house a rental, and then I buy a new house. And so yes. I actually think buying a dream home as your first home is detrimental to your investment strategy yeah. because you won't want to leave it. Yes. And so having that be, ha- having your mindset where you're like, I can trade up, I buy something and then I will be in a better position to buy a house in a better location with more space. Mm. And it's, it's very exciting. And I think you can be in a dream home faster 
as opposed to waiting if you buy mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your, your first homes can fund your dream home. Yeah. So let's talk about those numbers real quick though, because um, you said I don't have to necessarily put down 20%. Um, but why does buying a house make sense financially? Because, um, you know, I think about my wife and I have owned um, two homes. Okay. The first home we owned, I think we, you know, walked away with maybe 20 or 30 grand. And we ended up not rolling that into another house because we thought we were moving into a different area. It was more expensive, blah, blah, blah. Then we bought another house uh, a number of years later. We held it for eight years. It ended up, um, we short sold it because we were upside down by like over a hundred grand. Um, the market, you know, yeah, obviously uh, dropped. And now we lived in an, we live in an area where, um, like the home that we live in now is worth probably a million dollars and we rent it because I down payment. Yeah, no, not at this point, yeah. not right now. So, and we like the neighborhood and we're right. We're good. So, uh, I'm like, Oh, you know, there's things that I don't like about home ownership. Like I don't want to have to, okay, here's a great example. Um, we live in this house. Uh, it has a big backyard. It has no sprinklers, no sprinklers in the backyard. If I owned this home, I would be so consumed with, I've got to put sprinklers in this house. I've got to deal with this. Or that little thing in there, this is like this kitchen area is not cool. It just does not look cool. It is not up to date. I would have to do something about it. I'm a renter. I don't feel that pressure. I'm like, no, I'm just going to go out there with the hose and drag it around and I'm good. Like, I don't have to feel the pressure of that. (laughs) I don't have to feel the pressure of like, guys, I'm like, that's a rental. Like, I'm, I'm good. And I love it. Okay. So I know the pressure of owning a home, but I also don't have this asset that's building. Okay. So tell me, say Dave Trotter, you are doing it the wrong way. You are, you are, you are, you're a loser. You are not building, <laughs> you know, an asset. Like tell, tell me the numbers, talk me into why I should be consumed with buying a house when I live in an area well, there are homes in my city. I'd have to move pretty far out to get under 600 grand. You know, right. I'd have to be like in an area that's really, really pretty radically different. You know? Right. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that's the first thing is like right now in, in cities, homes are rapidly appreciating and they're, they're reaching higher price points. Like me and Steph have seen that in Austin for sure. Um, and so I think, first of all, buying a house with a mortgage payment that you feel comfortable with that like, if things do happen that where, you know, it's really, really expensive. Like you don't want to do a short sale. Um, you have a affordable mortgage payment where no matter what you can, like, even if you want to go rent somewhere or go live with a friend, you can rent out this house and it's going to be covered. So I think that's the first thing. And, and honestly, like when you're starting out, I think you do have to live a little bit. You don't always, but it depends on where you, I mean, obviously in California, you might have to live a little bit uncomfortably for a, for just a little. And that's why we, like how we started out buying homes in our early twenties, we were buying much cheaper homes. Um, and kind of, I mean, when I was 23, I would do anything. Like I lived with like five people at once. And, you know, and so you kind of like graduate where now, like even Steph, what she was saying before, um, how she's kind of like rolled her homes into, you know, like use her homes to roll herself into other homes. Um, like she's kind of graduated where she, Mm. 
yeah. bought a house. Like, you, I mean, you can actually, why don't you, why don't you tell the story? <laughs> uh, well, I would also say what, if you're living in a really expensive market, sometimes it does make more sense to rent for your primary. We have people even in, in Austin, people who want to live downtown and they don't want to move. So they're buying rental properties. So they're buying in a, in a more affordable area so that they Mm -hmm. do have an appreciating asset, but they don't want to sacrifice the the quality of life. And so that I also have people in LA, I have friends in New York who, who call me and they're like, actually, Steph, I want to invest in Austin because it's so much more affordable. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a good way to get around it when you're renting I, cause I don't, I mean, we're, we're, we're not rent haters no. um, because we, we absolutely love, we're all about location. Yeah. And so that's, that's a huge, that's, I 100% get that. But when you think about like, okay, I could go out, you know, 30 minutes out of Newport and, and find something for 400,000, maybe mm-hmm. not 400, 500, <laughs> um, and then rent it out. And then you're seeing appreciation and you're still having the lifestyle that you love. Yeah. So I think there's two. There's Why a- would I want to buy a house, let's just say, uh, you know, within 30 minutes of myself versus somewhere else in the United States that has a better home market? Yeah. Like, is that just because of convenience? Like I'm more near it. I can check on it. I can see it. Or well, what would be the... Yeah. And there's there's a few ways to do it. Like, I mean, my like my sister lives in LA and so she's not going to buy. <laughs> she's like, I'm not buy- like, I, I'm not going to buy a house right now. Um, so we've actually... Um, just partnered on a house in Florida because we know the area. Um, we, we grew up going to this area. Um, we know it really well. And so that made sense for us. And I know Steph and I have both bought um, outside of Austin and um, you just have to make sure that like <laughs> you do know the area. Cause yeah. we bought in like San Antonio and um, I think, I don't know if we'll do it again. And just because we didn't know it that well, but it, it could be a good option if you know an area really well. Um, at least that's in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the key, the key is the team on the ground. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. you're, you, if you can, if you can make some trips out there, really meet your real estate agent, meet the contractors that you might be using, have a property man- management company lined up. Mm-hmm. You can do this in really affordable markets. San Antonio is a good example of one. Mm-hmm. Um, we've just, we've, um, pulled somewhat pulled out of San Antonio because it's an hour and a half drive and we didn't have a good team on the ground, but yeah. now I bet we could com- compile a really good and solid team, which, yeah. which would make it that much easier. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I think in not going 30, 40 miles away, if it's too expensive and going to like a 200 to $250,000 market would be great for you. And another way, like you can buy, um, out of state or whatever, even out of, County, um, you can buy as a second home and you can still put 10% down. So if you're like, I don't have 20% for an investment property, because if you're mm-hmm. not buying a home that you live in, you have to put at least 20% down, you can buy it as like a second home. And I, that means you only have to, I think you have to stay there a certain amount of days out of the year, but like, mm-hmm. I think it's like two weeks or something. Yeah. It's really low. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if you've talked it in, into me yet, but I'm getting closer. I'm feeling, I'm feeling the vibe. I'm feeling the vibe. Uh, uh, if a listener is, you know, going, okay, you're talking to me into this. I want to get into my first home or maybe a next home. Um, where should I begin? Like I, should I begin by, you know, looking on Zillow? Should I get a real estate agent? Should I get qualified? Should I save up my pennies? Like what do they need to do? 
Yeah, this is the first, this is, this is the reason kind of we've started our course is because no one knows where to start. The internet is full of murky information. It's all overwhelming. It doesn't speak directly to buyers. And so we, we started open house homeschool because people don't know, you know, should I go to Zillow? Should I? So I, in obviously in our biased opinion, you should start with open house homeschool. Um, (laughs) But I mean, I, I would say our quiz, like, yeah, you could take our quiz online. It'll tell you exactly if you're ready or not. And if you're not ready, it will give you resources. We'll give you resources on where to start. Um, Before we had, who would you say is ready? Who, who is ready? Well, (laughs) we might say anyone, but (laughs) so if you, I think if you have at least um, savings for 3% down payment, and then it's like, two to 4% for closing costs. And so that's only um, for first time home buyers is the 3%. Is that correct? Yes. And then yes. it jumps to five. So it's not a huge difference, but 5% for primary residents is the minimum. If you're not a first time home buyer. Okay. Yeah. And then if you're buying a second home, 10%, if you're buying yeah. an investment, 20%. Um, and then we like to say having a cushion of at least 7,000 savings extra, like it just, you know, for if something goes wrong, at least, um, so first of all, money, having yeah. some, <laughs> having some cash money. So we're talking about like about 6% because you got 3% plus two or 3% for the closing, closing costs and all of that. So about 6%. Mm-hmm. So let's just say a home is 200 grand. So 6% of that is going to be uh, what? 12, is that 12, 12 grand? Yeah, around 12,000. 12, and then yeah. you're suggesting another seven grand just because that's a number that you think would be helpful just in case issues come up. Yeah. yeah. That's like a cost of like a big ticket item. Like if your AC goes out. So yeah. Okay. In Texas, we really, it's really important that your AC <laughs> is working at all times. And yeah. so especially in, in Texas or in the South in general, but also like when it gets really cold, you need your HVAC, which is heating, ventilation and air conditioning to be working. And sure. so we're like $7,000. And then that, you know, that can, that can range and it could go up depending on people's risk tolerance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like there's some people who, really feel the anxiety of not ha- having a big reserve. Right. I am not one of those people. I'm like, I'm pretty risk tolerant. Um, but we do say like, okay, if you feel very anxious, then have more in reserves, you know, exactly. wait, wait a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, 6,000, six, sorry, six. So where are we now? <laughs> 6% plus that 7,000 reserve minimum. Yeah, so and for then $100,000 house, that would be around 19, 20 grand. 19, 20 grand. Yeah. So you have $20,000 in your account. You have an, a credit score of about the minimum is 580, which is pretty low. We, we usually we usually recommend you're closer to a 700, like Just in for, the higher 600. So you get a better interest rate, yeah, mm-hmm. which will help, will help save you money. Yeah, so. um, and then I know you have a lot of listeners who are entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and that um, can can make your lending and financing a little bit more complicated, yeah. right? And so. Um, when we, and we have a lot of clients who are entrepreneurs also, we are we entrepreneurs are, ourselves. We have to so, buy all the houses with, uh, you know, without a W2 job. So. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're self-employed, usually the lenders are looking for two years of, of, of you're doing kind of a similar gig. So yeah. even if it's, even if you're doing like freelance and you're working for different companies, they're looking for two tax returns worth, and then they take the average of that per month. So you need to okay. not have all the write-offs for a couple of years yeah. when you're trying to buy a house. Yeah. Ah, or okay. we honestly, we didn't even talk about this yet, but Steph and I are very into partnerships. Like 
I've purchased every single home with a partner. Um, So that's another way I got into it. When I first got my real estate license, like I didn't have two years backing. So me and my sister partnered together. Then, oh no, even before that, me and my friend partnered together. So there's, you know, get a really good operating agreement. And I was just going to say, you need some sort of MOU or something, right? For that. Yeah, we we're all about operating agreements and we're and like transparency and upfront having that that conversation, but mm-hmm. it really can accelerate your buying power and 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 either if you're if you have a really good W2 salary job but you don't have much cash, you can partner with someone else who might be a freelance worker and have a lot of cash saved up but they're just not a strong buyer in the eyes of a lender mm-hmm. and then you guys can, you know, figure out there's so many ways to partner. Yeah. It's amazing. And going back to you saying like, like you're in California, if you know, if you have a friend in like Georgia or something like, and and they are, they are there, they know the market and they're like, I bought a house recently. You know, you could start talking to them about a partnership and, and you could be a silent investor. Like we've been silent partners in real estate deals. And all we did was give up a certain like percentage of the cash. And then we're just like, okay. Yeah leave it, set it and forget it almost. Mm-hmm. And that, that helps with the, with the anxiety of like, I need to fix the kitchen or, you know, yeah. it's very, it's, it's, there's varying levels of passivity. We call it yeah. the scale of passivity. <laughs> so you can be, you know, we've kind of made it our whole job to invest in real estate and we mm-hmm. love being handy and we fix stuff, but we have so many clients who that makes Christine doesn't as much. I love to, build stuff. <laughs> I'm like, no, yeah. I'm going to hire that out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But, but it's good. We, we have a range of that in our own partnership, yeah. but, um, but yeah, so it's really cool to like be, you can choose where you are on that scale. Yeah. Um, depending on your personality. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So go back to your example, uh, Christina on the investing in somebody's home somewhere else. Like they, maybe they want to buy their own home. But they don't have enough cash to put down. So let's just say, um, I want to put down uh, $20,000 to help them get into that home. Mm-hmm. And yet they're going to make the payment over time, right? They're going to make the mortgage payment, but I'm the person who put the down payment and Mm -hmm. covered all the closing costs and so forth. How do you come up with an agreement in terms of the percentage of who owns what percent on that house? Is that just arbitrary or is there some sort of formula? Well, I mean, I'm sure there's a formula we haven't like set, set out yet, but like, I mean, for me, when with my house, my sister, and I bought my uh, our house together in Austin and she did that. She put down, like we used her W2 job um, and she put some of the cash down. And I think in the end we agreed because I, <laughs> I refinanced her out of the house later. So we agreed that she was a 5% owner. So oh, wow. I, pu- I put in like, yeah. So I put in the majority of the, um, the cash and because it was tied to her mortgage or like her name for so many years, um, and she's still, you know, investing some money here and there, we agreed to 5%. But I know Steph, you- Man, she got screwed. Jeez, <laughs> <Man>, <laughs> Christina, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, she actually got the better end of the deal. Even Steph, like- No, do you I, think, no, do you no think, I would, I give more. You think more? Yeah. Oh, well- yes. I, Well, I paid, I paid $60,000 and she paid $15,000 and I'm paying the mortgage payments. So I think I got the, (laughs) well, she she also had her name on the line. What if you just skipped out of town and became like a drug addict and like, well, both of our names just (laughs) together. (laughs) 
I, I, I see what you're saying. This exact thing is happening to me right now. And this is like, this is an illustration of how this can be different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two younger sisters who are um, 10 and 11 years younger than me. And, and I really want them to be excited about real estate. And so I, um, w- one of my sisters is on the loan of my last house and I'm just actually today closing on a new house. And my second sister is on the loan for this one. And her dad put in $20,000. He lives in Houston. He put in $20,000. There's no, the loan is not in her name. It's only in mine. And she gets 30% of the house and I get 70%. Mm. And so there, you know, I'm, I had to put way less cash. I, Mm. I couldn't have done this without her. Mm -hmm. And so, or without that then yeah. and I also want her to be excited and and it's a and way of be, getting her in and helping her out and getting the vision and also making some money and yeah, yeah. and exactly. it helps you obviously yeah yeah and so what what will happen is when when we sell this house so she doesn't get any I'm paying the mortgage payments I'm doing the renovations you know she doesn't get anything and then when we sell I take everything that I spent on the house she takes the twenty thousand that she's that she put in okay so after we take our whatever we put in we split it according 70, to 30. the, yeah, according to the uh, equity split. Okay. All right. Steph, you sound way more generous. I want to invest. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. I, I feel like the, the, um, it just is so, it, it's so variable. It like, yeah. It, yeah. It, so basically what I'm hearing you say is it's whatever the two of you come up with that yeah. is, feels equitable in some way based exactly. on whatever your relationship is. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. (laughs) Now, so um, I have, you know, I know people that have had, you know, 10 investment properties, and then the market goes upside down, they lose every one of them, it's a major headache. And they're like, Oh, my God, what this is a nightmare. Okay. Like, those are the stories in my head. (laughs) Yeah, those are the stories in a lot of people's head. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So talk me out of those stories. So I mean, we, we invest in, um, pretty mid tier properties. So the first thing that happens when, when housing, the housing market goes down is that luxury properties, people are, you know, are out of luxury properties. They're like, okay, they're going down yeah. to the, the, the lower tier, like mm-hmm. one tier lower and, and, and it, it's kind of a trickle down. Mm-hmm. So we're not investing in, in high end properties. Um, that is one, one way that we kind of stay safe. Um, both of us, we have a, I have about 11 properties with various partners. Um, what are you at? Eight. Eight. eight? <laughs> yes. Um, and so we're. And you guys and, and are all... ballers. You guys are rich. <laughs> you guys are crushing it. I'm sitting over oh, here yeah. renting a house at 47 <laughs> and you guys are crushing it. Well, we both haven't spent over 300,000 until like today. We both closed on a home today, weirdly yeah. enough. And that was our first home over 300,000. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And we're kind of seeing, you know, we're really, really safe investors. We, um, we definitely have, we, we partner first of all, which, which spreads out the liability, right? So, so in, I have, I partner with my mom, my uncle, like I'm very, um, I'm, I love a partnership and, and nothing has, has gone like drastically wrong yet, you know, knock on wood. Um, but we, the spreading out the liability really helps too. So like if, for some reason, we don't cover the the rent or cover the mortgage with the rent that month. Then we split it between three people, and that feels a lot more doable than just one person. Yeah, sure. and so that helps a lot. Um, and that's why we started our. We have a woman investor meetup that we started online because, like, we want to 
I think when, how Steph and I met was via Instagram. I was like looking for people like other women doing this and there was no one and we found each other that way. And so we started a community online that's like trying to create more of these partnerships because not everyone does have family members who want to do this right, with them. Right. I mean, maybe if you have an, the right language to use with them, to talk to them about it, like maybe they would change their tune, but mm-hmm. um yeah. So we wanted to create that yeah. community for more women. Did and you then, guys grow up with parents that um, invested in real estate beyond just having their own home? Or how did you, uh, how did you see this as a possibility? Um, so my dad's pretty frugal, but he, and he kind of talked to me a little bit about that, but we literally had, I mean, he invested when he was in college, but then we didn't really talk about it. Um, So he had his home and then we had like um, a second home growing up. But I think I got more into that. Like as soon as I graduated college, I was like, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. And I started reading more and more books and looking online, like kind of self-help, like who are like entrepreneurs and what the common thing I saw was that they all own real estate and they were all investing And I was like, that's interesting. And then just discovering house hacking, I was like, whoa. And then I did, I talked to my dad and he was talking to his friend who was an investor and we kind of started that communication again and grew from there. Yeah. We, I grew up, my, my stepdad was a, um, he, he was really into buying fixer uppers. So we would, we would move into this house with no walls. (laughs) We would sleep on mattresses and I was angry about it. I hated it. And we would go to Home Depot and spend hours. It was my least favorite place. And now it is my home. (laughs) Um, So I definitely, we didn't do, we didn't invest outside of the house that we lived in, but we always got a really good deal on the house we were living in. We, I grew up on the water. We had a dock, but the house had been flooded right before we bought it. So it was, it was very um, fixer upper vibes in my childhood, but similarly, I makes a lot of sense. Yeah. (laughs) Same. Uh, is how my life is now, but, but we, but I, I was also really inspired by kind of like the, the growing real estate investor, um, culture that I kind of got involved with. And I realized that it wasn't new, but it was new coming from me. So I started posting on Instagram when I had, you know, 200 followers and thinking, okay, well, this is, you know, fun for me. I was, I was doing my own renovation and people started just asking me about it. And that's when I was like, this is, this is, people want to have control of their life. They want autonomy. They want um, to, to be able to paint their walls, whatever color they want. And it's, it's exciting to people. Yeah. So, and we both had parents who pushed our limits and yeah. made us uncomfortable. And we were used to being uncomfortable for a little bit mm-hmm. and then yeah. got what we wanted. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> my yeah, mom yeah. and I were both, so my mom, I, my mom was a teacher and then I taught fourth grade math for four years, for seven years. And so i transitioned out of teaching into real estate and then kind of influenced my mom to come into my world. And so now she's now quit teaching and she's, she's our property manager. Wow. Wow. (laughs) You guys are like evangelists for real estate is basically what you are. Yes, we're trying to come to the dark side. Yes, we're trying to reach all we want to reach them when they're 23. Yeah. Even I see I that you are dabbling in the sin of renting. We need you to repent and come with your 5%, 5% to come down. Exactly. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. So you, you alluded to the fact that you have a course that's coming up. And in fact, um, right now at the time of this podcast release, which is in November, 2020, you have a, a course coming up that's available to jump into for first time home buyers called open house homeschool. I guess it doesn't have to be for just for first time home buyers. Anybody who wants to be educated on this would be, it would be helpful. Um, so yeah. tell me about, um, tell me about this course, who should enroll? What's it all about? Yeah, we're so excited about it. As you can tell, like we're very passionate about real estate. <laughs> so we created this for people who were like us, you know, not knowing enough about real estate and really wanting to jump in. Um, so it is for first-time home buyers and it has a investor mindset twist to it. So it will teach you how to make your home an asset, not a liability. Um, yeah. We, the, the biggest thing that we've heard, we've been in real estate, you know, a, a many years and we hear, I know nothing. They call it they, on, on every call. It's like, I'm so, I, I'm embarrassed at how I literally know nothing about real estate. And so we want, we want people to feel confident in the biggest purchase of their life. And so we really feel strongly that this is the first step you need to educate and prepare. And that's how you're going to feel good about your first purchase. And really like this is the largest purchase of your life. It depends on, I mean, you're probably, if you're going to take this course, you probably buy more than one house, but even if you only want to buy one house, like this is the first step. Yes. Um, And you'll leave with a personalized home buying plan. So our, the best time to get it is probably when this podcast is released (laughs) is our early bird sale. I think it's 200 off. Yeah. $200 off. off. So it's available to buy November 27th through December 6th. Yeah. Um, Six modules. It's, it's really, it's kind of cutting through all the confusion. So it's, it's everything that you need. And then none, none of the things that like are superfluous information, which is what you get when you search on the internet. It's like when you Google, like I have a rash on my hand and it's like, (laughs) you have cancer. Cancer, You're dying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we've, we've really tried to distill it and I, and people are so busy. It's, it's really hard to commit the time. And so this, not only is it giving you all the information, but it's also holding you accountable for, for making this a priority because we truly believe that this is a priority. And that if you, if you do this sooner, your net worth will be higher, your autonomy will grow, your freedom will be there in both, in all the ways. Yeah. And then once you do like buy with us and go through this, we don't go away. Like you're then in our homeowner community and we, (laughs) you can't get rid of us. us. So we'll be there like, you know, answering questions as things come up and like sharing wins. And yeah, that's, that's the, that's a huge part of our business is the community. We feel really strongly that like we didn't have a community, like we found each other and we became each other's real estate communities. And so having a community around which you can ask questions that you think are stupid, uh, you know, all of those things and make sure that you're not wasting money, um, saving taxes, all of those things that like, it's not your job to know, but you kind of becomes your job to know them once you become a homeowner. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it's really anxiety producing to like, I need to put in sprinklers. What is the first step to put in sprinklers? Yeah. Um, (laughs) And so having that community is, is key. Mm -hmm. Is this just for women or guys invited as well? Or how does that Everyone, everyone. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Everyone can join. Yes. Okay. Yes. We have a lot of couples too. And, and yeah. that's, that's been amazing because they've said like having dedicated time with your partner to 
spend time on this, you know, yes. like I'm going to spend an hour and a half a week. Like mm-hmm. they, they make miles of, of progress and they're, you know, light years ahead of their peers who are, who are in the same and, same boat. and they're each other's accountability partners. Yeah. So it's, it's mm-hmm. good. And, and that's one thing with clients, like if they are couples, it, it's hard to navigate those two different opinions sometimes. So it's good to be on the same page and this yeah. is the best way to do it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think what um, I love about what you're doing is that um, I think that there are so many fears and misconceptions and um, the stories in our head, like the stories that I brought up. And what I hear you saying is you're trying to push beyond that to go, okay, that that's one experience, but here are tons of other experiences that produce a different result yeah. or I asked the upbringing question because, you know, I grew up in a family that didn't even think about investment properties too much. Um, My parents did own, uh, they've owned two, just more recently um, owned a couple of houses and they sold one of them. And, um, but that wasn't a a thought process, you know, it wasn't a thought process of investment. It was more to the stability. Like, Hey, we, you know, my dad does nine to five works for the government. We have a house. That's it. You know? So I think what you're doing is kind of pushing people to think in new ways um, that maybe didn't, didn't grow up thinking those ways. And I love that. That's awesome. That is so good um, <laughs> to stretch people's minds. And you've stretched me here. I'm kind of like, oh, okay, I might, maybe I should think about this. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Yeah, so the mindset piece is, is what we've found makes the biggest difference. Yes. Right. right. You know, <laughs> we, we can, we can teach and we do, there's so much information in our course, yes. so much. But the biggest thing is the mindset. So yeah. we have a case study in every module of here's here's a here's a real buyer that did this, and, and you know hopefully the students of homeschool will be able to see themselves in those case studies. Exactly. Right. We can teach all the information all day long, but if you don't see yourself there, like you're not going to do it. So. Right. Right. Ah, you guys are just doing good stuff in the world. Love it. Thank you so much. And of course, even though the name of your company is Open House Austin, which people can go to Mm openhouseaustin.co, this course is available for people all over the United States because it's applicable information. And you guys can help people find a trustworthy, um, reputable real estate agent in their area. Um, You guys are able to refer people. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So that's if you go to our website as well, and you're, we just set that up. If you are like wanting a really awesome realtor, because honestly, that's really key. Like I stopped, it stopped me from buying for a couple of years because I worked with the wrong person. So we know how important it is. Um, so there's a, there's a form in our website that you can fill out and we'll connect you with an amazing person. Yeah. Our, our, our network of realtors across the country is like, it's very strong. Yeah openhouseaustin.co. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Steph thank and Christina, you. thank you guys so much for uh, what you're doing. You're doing great work and uh, congratulations on your success already. And um, go and check out the course, Open House Homeschool. All right. Thank thanks you so much. much for having us. This was so fun. Yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> we love this. Thank you so much for all you do as well. Yes. <laughs> Bye, David. Bye. Hey, congrats on listening to another episode of Inspiration Rising. Why congrats? Because you're pouring education and inspiration into your mind and heart. And that's something we all need if we're going to grow our businesses and reach our goals in life. Now, if you enjoy Inspiration Rising, do us a favor. Share it with a friend. Take a screenshot of your favorite episode 
and text it to them. Tell them to search for Inspiration Rising on their favorite podcast app and click subscribe. And if you haven't already, be sure to sign up for Inspo Text. That's our daily inspirational text messages. Just text me right now at 949-401-6090. That's 949-401-6090. Just say, hey, Dave, what's up? You'll get an automated reply with a link where you can add yourself as a contact. And of course, you can always unsubscribe. I want you to know today that you're inspired, empowered, and loved. Not because of the way you feel or what anyone else says about you, but because that's your true identity. Mm